The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, to it came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me, once again, via social distancing, I have the life with Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy. Good evening and good day. On this week's show, we're going to have our uh, Pronto Comics Dominic Definition Man Sperano is going to have his comic pick of the week. We have a self promotion spotlight. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. And I think, I think our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, will have his uh, movie pick of the week, but I can't guarantee that. <laughs> Why is he so mysterious? Um, because he's our senior correspondent, and sometimes he has senior correspondent moments. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So, but before we get to any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of pop culture-ness and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com and keep tabs on when their next convention is going to be. A lot of conventions are doing online stuff. I don't know if they're going to do that as well, but it's, it's a thing that's been happening recently, um, so they might do that. I don't know. Keep uh, listening to our show and or that website to find out more. And I want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, newly released movie award-winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous Resin Media, Onji Gun, and Shadow Rabbit Art. If you want to have your own uh, shout-out, go to www.patreon.com and look up in Cave and Radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get a shout-out. In addition, we also have other things, like you can uh, get the show early, uh, then it is released on, on the Internet. You can um, be a guest on the show. You can have an evening with our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano, or for our newest, brand-newest tier of just a measly $15,000. What do you get, Jennifer? Do you know? Um, I don't know. Tell us, Mark. Maybe a, a, some food that you might not want to eat, or maybe maybe some delicious food from my guidebook that's specially made for you due to your liking and all of your requests and a workout, possibly with the awesome Jennifer Lee Spellman the Fourth, possibly. Possibly, yes. <laughs> wow, I must be psychic. You must be psychic, and you knew that you were psychic. That makes you more psychic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm self-aware. What can I say? So, yes, you get a, uh, a day with uh, Jen Elise Feldy, which is you, consisting of two, count them, two prepared and cooked meals, along with the recipes you can cook it at home, uh, by and from her book, The Keys to the Life. Uh, it's a guidebook. Um, and in addition to that, after you get to eat the food, you get a personal training workout session for you and a friend at her personal gym, in addition to all the other perks. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. 
So, yeah, so for just uh, $15,000. I get some extras. I mean, 15000 I don't think it's going to cover it, but if I'm feeling generous, I could throw in some extras. Extra chocolate. Ex- and extra chocolate. That's that. That's that. That was right there. See, it was it was worth fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. But now with the chocolate, puts it over. Yeah, chocolate in a dance. Maybe a dance. A dance. Yeah, maybe a joke. You see, a- you can't say that to me. <laughs> Why not? You can't say I'll do a dance for you for fifteen thousand dollars. That's that's a different show. Well, my type of dancing is interpretive dance. I don't know if people are aware of this. Like, if anyone's ever really watched me dance, it's kind of wacky. It's, it might be a little scary, actually. I, I have not watched you dance. <laughs> and, no. and I don't think it would be appropriate for me to watch you dance. It's very funny. It's like a clown. It's like you would imagine a six-year-old to dance. That's how I still dance. I'm, I'm serious, actually. I used to dance for my friends sleepovers and try to make them laugh. And then when I got older and started go clubbing, I would do the same thing. So I'd imagine like I was being shot and sliding down a wall, perhaps dying. And I do the same thing now at 36 years old, almost. That's that's your dance. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a comedy act basically. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you can get that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, But let's let's take it away with the news. As always, we start off with the sad news. Um, Actor Dimitri, I'm going to pronounce your name wrong, Diachenko has died recently of a heart attack. Dimitri appeared in such films as G.I. Jane, The Longest Yard, Indiana Jones, and The Crystal of the Kingdom Skull. That's the fourth one for you guys paying attention. Get Smart, the movie Chernobyl, Diary, Chernobyl Diaries. And that's, uh, and they're watching, just to name a few. On the small screen, Dimitri appeared in such shows as Walker, Texas Ranger, Pensacola Wings of Gold, VIP, that was Pamela Anderson's show, The Wild Thorberries, the cartoon, The Sweet Life of, the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, uh, Waiter, uh, Criminal Minds, CSI Miami, Sons of Anarchy, How I Met Your Mother, Bones, Two Broke Girls, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series, to name a few. On top of that, Dimitri also provided voices for characters on a slew of video games, such as <clears throat> Medal of Honor, European Assault, Iron Man and Iron Man 2, Command and Conquer Red Alert 3, Call of Duty World at War, Wolfenstein, Uncharted Part 2, Among Thieves, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Uncharted Part 3, Drake's Deception, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Tomb Raider, Fallout, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Call of Duty Infinite Wars, just to name a few. You know what I learned about this? There's some weird names for video games. I was just thinking, though, if I was doing voiceovers, my life often imitates the art that I do. So if I do a film, I'm playing a rich lady. I hope that I become rich. Side note. Uh, I imagine that his life would maybe feel like a video game. How could you not record voiceover all day for these video games and come home to your wife or his husband? I'm not sure what his liking was. And and not talk like he's in a video game. And maybe killing and fighting like a Mortal Kombat. Or, because my mind is already in the gutter. He's going to level up at night with his uh, significant other. Interesting. So he has points, maybe? So maybe, like, while he's in the sack, yes. he's like, 50 points! Yes. Over. 50. Like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when he loses health right there. Interesting. Interesting. Um, hmm. He was a, uh, a, a young 52. So, you know, I was uh, pretty young. Well, some people 
want to die at 52. I know some people that say, eh, I'm good. You know? <laughs> They're ready to tap out. That's it. All right. They actually want to. They prefer. Um, more sad news. Announcer and radio show host Jerry Bishop also died this week of a heart attack and kidney failure. So that's like a double whammy right there. Um, Jerry's career spanned over 50 years. Uh, Jerry was perhaps best known for his voiceover work on the show Judge Judy for 25 of those aforementioned years. So if you ever watch Judge Judy, the, the guy says real cases, real people, Judge Judy. And then he goes on to explain who the people are. That was him. Yeah, Judge Judy and I went to the same university, American University. I, I wouldn't want to be with her, though, for 25 years, you know, considering that sometimes I partake in uh, the marijuana, and I would be afraid she'd just throw me in the slammer. Well, yes, that's, that's possible, but I don't think she ever had a, mar- a marijuana case on the show. You think she, you think she smoked pot, Judge Judy? I would think that maybe she had experimented in college, and what that experimentation means, I'll leave it up to your imagination. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, uh, one thing about uh, Judge Judy is that I was almost on Judge Judy, as a matter of fact, on the show. And, Why? Uh, um, it, was a, it was a complicated uh, legal matter. That was a small claims case, and they contacted me to be on the show. Unfortunately, because I wanted to go on Judge Judy, because I really wanted Judge Judy to yell at the, the lady. Uh-huh. Uh, but because it was over a year, uh, they they wouldn't want me. On, they didn't want me on the show, and I wound up going on to Judge Alex instead. Oh, very cool! I had no idea. I want to see this. No, you don't want to see it. it was... I want to see it. No, I really want to. See no, it. you don't. No, no, it was. I'm gonna look this up. I'll yeah, yeah, you do that right now. I won't even remind you what the name of the show was. <laughs> Well, I'll be back. You find yourself another co-host in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> um, Jerry was 84. Spry 84. <laughs> um, more sad news. More sad news. Um, award-winning actress Shirley Knight Hopkins also died this week of natural causes. Uh, Shirley appeared in more than 50 feature films and television films and television series and plays throughout her career. Such as... Here we go. <clears throat> Five Gates of Hell, The Dark Top at the Stairs, The Dark at the Top of the Stairs, Sweet Bird of Youth, House of Women, Dutchman, Rain People, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, I did some that movie, Endless Love, Prisoners, Color of Night, Diabolique, I remember that one, As Good as It Gets, 75 Degrees in July, which sounds about right, Angel Eyes, Grandma's Boy, that was, um, uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Grandma's Boy. Um, Paul Blart Mall Cop and his sequel, um, Our Idiot Brother, The Missing Girl, 77 Sons of Trip, Maverick, Naked City, The Outer Limits, Fugitives, Streets of San Francisco, Barnaby Jones, The Friendly Persuasion, The Last Cry for Help, Playing for Time, With Intent to Kill, 30-something, Murder, She Wrote, Equalizer, Law and Order, NYPD Blue, Indictment, The Martin Trial, Sybil, Maggie Winters, uh, Father for Brittany, Ally McBeal, ER, Crossing Jordan, House, Desperate Housewives, Drop Dead Divas, and House in Cleveland, just to name a few. Whew. Yeah, well, now we, we know why she's dead. <laughs> she worked herself to the bone. Listening to say that, how do you even breathe after saying all that? Whew, it was It was rough. Um, so she was a, a spry 83, so they were, they were neck and neck with those two. Very pretty woman. Um, for the last bit of sad news, so this just happened today, uh, Wednesday, um, April, as of our recording, um, April 29th, so those of you paying attention, award-winning actor, I know I'm going to mess up your name, Irfan Khan, uh, died today. 
of an infection in his colon. Um, Irfan was a pretty famous uh, actor, but he was perhaps best known for his work in the film Life of Pi as the adult version of the main character. In, in addition to that, Irfan, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, appeared in such films as Slumdog Millionaire, uh, the second first Spider-Man film, The Lunchbox, Jurassic World, and Infernal with Tom Hanks, just to name a few. So this just happened and he was a big international uh, star. You know, I find this weird. It, there's no COVID deaths. Like, you're the only person who's not reporting about deaths due to COVID. Well, like, for this this bit of news, we've had some previous news. Uh, not today, though. It's interesting. Well, that's good. <laughs> I find it, but I just, they're over-reporting COVID, and now I feel like we're under-reporting COVID. Well, maybe the people who are dying from COVID aren't people who uh, would be of interest to the listeners of our show. I guess they're not important to us. <laughs> I mean, as, as, as sometimes we've said that um, when we have no deaths, like somebody did die that week, it just didn't make it of interest for our show. So, you know, no, no, no disrespect to anybody who did die. Well, you're just not famous enough to be on our show. <laughs> yes, that, you know, that's what people are, 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 are clamoring for, to be on our show when they die. <laughs> that's my goal, actually. It's one of my goals. <laughs> I hope that you can narrate my death. <laughs> Jennifer has been in such films as... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Better say something about being spry. <laughs> she was a spry 99 and a half. <laughs> exactly. And then you'll have to have a new co-host to make fun of and totally berate my death like I do to everybody else. Yes, yes. That's, that'll be that'll be our RJ, replacement Jen. He's been getting what I'm coming for all these years. Uh, <laughs> moving on to uh, some not as sad news. Uh, from the follow department, which we've been having for many weeks, as a matter of fact, this is, our, this is actually an ongoing story, which is, uh, I find most interesting, as we've covered this the most over the longest period of time. Um, Diamond Distributors, once again, the major distributor of comics and comic-related items, has announced that it will reopen and, quote, return to normal business, unquote, starting on May 20th. Um, this comes after first ceasing all operations and then stopping all payments to its vendors only to backtrack it and announce that they had come up with a staggered repaying system, which was ridiculous, with a long, uh, and then its longtime marketing manager quitting the company. All this happening in the past few weeks. So now they're saying in a, in a, little, in a little under a month they're going to be back to normal. Yeah, the first they're like, we're not paying you. Okay, okay, we'll pay you. I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this company. Like, did they have the money and they're just trying to play it safe this whole time? Or were they actually going through this in real time, like how crazy it is? It's real time, because that's what we were talking about before the show. I said, isn't it hard to keep up? Because every day, it's like a new season, a new temperature. Everything is different every day. So, yeah, so I guess, hooray, that they're going to be back to normal. And then, hopefully, whatever comic stores are left will be able to get their books. Don't hooray too long because, you know, next week. <laughs> yeah, next week they're going to be like, we decided not to stay open. They're going to be like, hey, we decided to start a burlesque concert series. Like, oh. what? <laughs> yes, the, and it'll be called Diamond in the Rough. <laughs> hey, you never know. Uh, that, that is true. With, with this uh, developing story, as I like to say it, it, you don't know what the hell is going on from week to week. So, yeah. Wow. This is the most unpredictable time, and I'm saying that you have to be very adaptable. 
Uh, it's very adaptable and stay in peak form and just be ready to, like, like Bruce Lee says, the most, the strongest man in the room is the most flexible man in the room. That's what we have to do right now. Um, so speaking, uh, so I think somebody has been paying attention to the news because speaking of being flexible, from the Netflix gets even more prestige department. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Scientists, those are the Oscars, uh, have tweaked its Oscar eligibility, eligibility, why am I not saying this right? Their rules <laughs> in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. Turns out that they have decided that any film released digitally that was originally planned for a theatrical run is now eligible. Uh, previously, a film had to be in theaters for a minimum of seven days to qualify for a nomination. Executives say, <clears throat> The Academy firmly believes there is no greater way to experience the magic of movies than to see them in a theater. Our commitment to that is unchanged and unwavering. Nonetheless, we're going to change it and waver it. This historically tragic COVID-19 pandemic necessitates this temporary exception to our awards and eligibility rules. The Academy supports our members and colleagues during this time of uncertainty. We recognize the importance of their work being seen and also celebrated, especially now when audience appreciate movies more now than ever. Well, it means that finally one of my Z-list movies will maybe win an Oscar. Because uh, the rubric has changed. Yeah, like, because I, I, that was a big thing last year, because um, the, the Netflix film won for Best Foreign Film, and that was unprecedented. And there's been a lot of backlash that, oh, it has to be in the movie theaters, it has to be, you know, but instead of being a, a video-on-demand release. So now they're saying, yeah, okay, due to the whole world changing, we're going to make the exception. So this is the chance for all those, you're going to get a lot of direct-to-video-on-demand movies that might not have even had a chance before getting it shot at, at going against the big guys. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, and they also said we're going to go back to normal. Um, you know what? I don't know about that because the fate of movie theaters has been really up in arms and un for so long. This might really kick many movie theaters to the curb. That final last gasp of air <clears throat> knock the wind out of them. That's what I think might happen, sadly. You know, Miss Psychic... It's, it's funny you mention that because um, there was a news item that just popped up, but I didn't have time to do it for this week. I was going to wait for next week. But since you mentioned it, um, Universal had released the movie uh, Trolls. And last week we talked about the movie Scoob being, re being released directly on video instead of going to theaters. And it made $100 million, the movie Trolls. And Universal's like, well, you know, if we release it on video on demand, made a hundred million dollars, we may not be needing those theaters as much as we, you know, used to. Uh -huh. And the theaters, which was AMC and now Regal, just happened today. Regal joined on, and they're saying that they will not air, uh, they will not air any at all Universal films yeah. for the foreseeable future. That's yeah. That that is is mind boggling. Like this this something like this happened a long time ago. As many of our listeners know, I used to work for Blockbuster Video, and Blockbuster had a fight with one of the uh, the corporate companies. I forget which one it was at the time, and we weren't allowed to rent their movies. And because Blockbuster was you know the man at the time, no Blockbuster was able to carry their movie, and they were losing money by the second. 
So it was like a stalemate. Like, you know, are you going to uh, do whatever our demands are? Or are you just going to have your movie being on video? Because that was the only way they would see it. Uh, it was at Blockbuster. And then yeah. they, they balked like a day later. Well, they're grasping at straws now. I mean, it's, it's just this is why all this is going on. And I relate to this on a personal level due to my content being stolen. Yes. So, so yeah, like, it's, it's, it's wild how, how this, it's, it's a new normal. Like, even if movie theaters come back, which I don't know how, you know, AMC and Regal, those are the two biggest theaters, not showing a major movies, movies, it's wild. But is that, is that going to benefit them to not show them? Well, to be honest, it's not Disney. <laughs> Right. So, like, there'll still be Disney movies, and Disney owns mostly everything anyway, so they're not going to lose that much. I think that the movie theaters in and of themselves have tried to do alternative content. And remember, the movie theaters themselves make the money on concessions than they do the actual movie. So if people are, so they don't care what you come to see as long as you show up. And certain people, having worked in a movie theater myself, just they just show up just because they want to go to the movies. What do you have at this theater that I normally go to? And then I'll make a decision there. So not necessarily that it's a universal film that I want to see this particular movie. You come here, oh, this movie's not here. What else you got? You know, I already brought my kids out. What else you got? True. Are you going to go to the movies once this is done? Is that one of the first things you're going to do? It's not going to be one of the first things I do, but I will have to go eventually. Right, right, right. Because I do see movies for free. <laughs> theaters anymore you know back 20 years ago 15 years ago people would say oh they're so excited i used to go every friday night in middle school and even i oh you really it's really hard to drag me to a movie theater unless it's for my own film premiere hashtag narcissism <laughs> i usually go um on the first on the monday after the 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 movie comes out because um I get free tickets that day, but before then, when I was a kid, I used to make sure I used to go that first Friday, whenever I wanted to see a movie that first Friday or first Saturday, in the morning, so that was a matinee, it was just me and old people, it was great. Oh my god, you went as soon as it opened? Yeah, that was, that was my thing, like, I had to see, I had to be the first one, and then, you know, because people tend to spoil stuff, and spoilers has only gotten worse as time has gone by. To have that excitement in life, it's always the key to preserve it, it'll keep you young, Mark. Well, that's why I try not to, that's why I not try not to. I do my best to avoid trailers for movies that I intend to see. So a lot of times, I, I, I hear the movie's coming out, uh, you know, whatever movie's coming out. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to see that movie. I don't need to know anything about it except I'm going to go see it. So when I go see it, I'll be pleasantly surprised with whatever they give me. Because a lot of times, as, as we've done a show on trailers before, and we'll probably do another one when uh, the world starts uh, moving again, the trailers show a lot of the movie, and sometimes they put fake trailers in to mislead people into what they're thinking they're getting. So when they go to the movie and they see it, they're like, hey, what happened to this part? What happened to that part? Why is that not in the trailer? And they get all upset. But me, I'm like, well, it's fine me. I didn't know. I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't bother me. I can be misled. I don't mind. Like, I, I just am very entertained by the trailer, and I enjoy the trailer so much that I could never give up watching it. Well, I, I watched the trailer after I've already seen the movie. I'm like, oh, now I, now I understand. Now I get it. I'm still a completist. <laughs> I think I figured out one reason why I like to do that, because the element of surprise, and that triggers dopamine. That's a dopamine rush. Is that what it is? Yeah, you're actually getting high off of the element of surprise. So that's just, I bet you that a big reason why you like all this, because this is like one addiction. Some people have drugs and soda and sex and partying, and you have movie dopamine rush. I just diagnosed you right here, Dr. Jen. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. I, I think I want to I go with the sex route. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's very good. It might be. <laughs> 
sound like overly wholesome, perhaps, but it's a good thing. It's a great thing. Nobody wants to have a drug or a sex addict. Like you'll end up, you know, covered in disease. It's terrible. Well, if if you're lucky enough, because you know, um, we're we're so off off a of topic right here. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I went into psychology. I always do that. Hot Halle Berry was was noticed to have a sex addiction, and so yeah, saying. I'm just you know just she saying. Like she have a sex addiction. She looks like she's losing uh, root chakra sexual energy. That's, that's yeah. So moving on to more. Ah, from the. Were people still buying them anyways, department? Barnes & Nobles has announced that during the crisis, they will stop selling, well, they have stopped selling new magazines in whatever stores are still open. Uh, surprisingly, which I thought was weird, magazine sales through Walmart and Target have actually increased 3% this year, and supermarket magazine sales are up 12%. Uh, Walmart accounts for 17% of all magazine sales in the entire United States. I thought magazine sales would be on the down slope, but they're not. Well, they're down at Barnes Noble. You know why? Because there's no Barnes and Nobles. Well, because all the Valley Girls are getting the magazines and the, the skin tips and the sex tips and the style tips at Walmart and Target. And they're not going to Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> what? what the hell is that? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, let's go to Barnes and Noble and find out the new Cosmo. <laughs> no, they're going to the grocery store. They're not going to Barnes and Noble. I just, I, I just, then I just thought overall magazines was on a down, downward slope as newspapers are, but I guess oh, not. Yeah. That's just crazy. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get this one. So moving on. <laughs> Moving on, I'll think about this overnight. <laughs> yes, from the 75th Royal Anniversary Department. In celebration of the 75th anniversary of Thomas the Tank Engine, Netflix will release a new program called Thomas and Friends, The Royal Engine, which has a storyline that includes Prince Charles and Queen Elizabeth II as animated characters. Uh, set, when, uh, set when the prince was just a boy, uh, the story sees the friendly engine taking Sir Top Ham Hat, the controller of the railway, to Buckingham Palace to receive an honor. The show will feature an opening by Prince Harry himself, as he is a huge fan of the character. Prince Harry says, and I am not going to do his voice, I have a fond memory of growing up with Thomas and friends and being transported to places throughout his adventures. Uh, Thomas has been a comforting, familiar face for so many families over the last 75 years, entertaining, educating, and inspiring children on important issues throughout their exciting stories and characters. Uh, Thomas and Friends, The Real Engine, will premiere on May 1st. Yeah, that's exactly what we need right now. We need to be entertained and educated and inspired during this trying time in the world. Are you a Thomas and Friends fan? Um, frankly, no. <laughs> so you're not going to watch it? You're not going to be entertained, enlightened, or educated? Well, I like, I like what they're all about. I like the premise. And maybe I will. Maybe I will tune in. Because there's some interesting scandals going on with Prince Harry, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested than ever, actually. The, the tank ain't going to be dealing with scandals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find out all about, you know, absolutely <laughs> business by watching this show. That's how I'm going to go. Okay. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be unlying tones. Totally. There's a little hidden rule. Look at that. I'm going to search for hidden clues. And this, this, uh, what is this even called? Thomas the Thomas Tank Thomas and Friends, the Royal Engine. <laughs> all right, all right. It's a mouthful. Okay. 
All right, so last bit of news, last bit of news. From the You're On Your Own department, uh, we were just talking about this not too long ago, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, has announced that movie theaters will be allowed to reopen on Friday, May 1st. That's this Friday, of, as I'm recording, along with restaurants, retail stores, and museums. Greg says... Oh, this is your permission to open, not a requirement. We are Texans. We got this. That is my best Texas accent I can do. Uh, now, if you got COVID, then we're going to shoot the COVID out of you. That's right. So, they're going to reopen movie theaters. And we were just talking about that. Like, uh-huh. that's, I don't know if that's, that's a good idea as of right now to do Guns. that. Guns and movies, who can resist? Um, what's, what's, what's also interesting about this is that, that they're, they're giving permission to open. So they're saying you can open. That doesn't mean that they will open. And that also means that people, you know, may or may not show up. But if they do, they are required that the theater and other establishments that do open must operate at only 25% capacity. Yeah. So... Let's 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 break this down for a second. Oh yeah, I broke it down already. You go to a theater, twenty five percent capacity. That means that they only have twenty five percent of the staff available. AKA a quarter for those of you who are slow. <laughs> so instead of having two or three or four box office people, you got one. Instead of having four or five concessionaire guys, you have one. Yeah. And then you have to sit far apart from everybody, which. Uh, undoubtedly would normally happen anyway at most movie theaters you kind of just tend to sit away from everybody else and then they slowly get together as more people go in um, but the fact so so realistically it's like a slow a super slow day at the theater yeah yeah and that's that means they're going to shut down it's basically if I might as well just shut down if that's going to be their opening no I, I like why would you even consider I mean yes well, it's it's I know why some of them might open. If some of them are actually using it as a front for money laundering, then it's a great reason to open. But if they're not using it as a front for another business, well, then why on God's green earth would you? That's that's what it is. It's yeah, money laundering. It's, it's a money movie theaters are money laundering fronts now. Listen, if I was money laundering, and we all know listening now that I'm not, but I have I have thought about it. I've thought about it. I've even discussed it. If I was, and I was using a movie theater, I would damn well sure want to open that movie theater up so I can get back into money laundering business. That's right. Mm-hmm. The views of the show's hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect. <laughs> True, too. Thank God. I mean, having worked in a movie theater, as, as I mentioned, just the thought of working at 25% capacity and then you know you, you think that will people show up will they not show up i don't know like do you like the the way things are it's really a, a a coin toss like how many people would go to a movie theater that's open because that's I know who's gonna show what was that i know who's gonna show it's gonna be those people that have been stuck with their husband or wife or kids and just can't wait to go i mean there's nagging husbands and wives and they you know it's a great place to get out of here so I think a lot of people do go to the movies to escape. So we're going to have a lot of escapists, I believe. And brave people who aren't afraid of COVID. And that's, that's the other half of the argument. Because if you think about it, like, just because a place is open doesn't mean that you're required by law to go. And that's, and that's, that's, uh, that's uh, this is me. This is as political as I get because we don't do much political, hardly any, or religion talk on the show. But, like, mm. just because something is open – 
doesn't mean you have to go. That's well, maybe they should make it a law that everyone has to go to the movies. <laughs> Well, I used, we used to have, uh, working at a movie theater, we used to have certain days where we would just get swamped and people used to come and the lines for the food was insane. Like, ah. like a half an hour waiting for food. Like we were at max capacity. We had as much staff as we could possibly have and it was just so many people. And people yeah. used to get mad at me being the manager <laughs> saying, I waited a half an hour to get food and I'm missing my movie. And I used to think in my head... Nobody's forcing you to go to get the concession. It's not a law. You can just go see the movie. You have your ticket. You're right. That's true. But I think I think it is a law in some people's heads. <laughs> you know, because it was like I had to get gummy worms when I went to the movies when I was younger, and I really wanted those, and it wasn't the same if I didn't get gummy worms. So it's kind of like, well, what's the point of going if you're not going to get gummy worms? It's, it is a law in a lot of people's heads. When I was a kid... <laughs> Going into the same movie theater that I that I wound up working at as a manager, I just used to bring in my own food. Yeah, well, you know what it is. People are going to be so broke that I bet you, if you were a manager, you wouldn't see it that much because people will be coming in with those big loose sweatshirts. <laughs> yes, and like so, the, the 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 theater is to make money on its concessions, as we've already established. So we want you to buy the stuff. But, like, if you want to come to see a movie, go see a movie. So you don't have to. If the place is open, you don't have to go. So when people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're opening stuff up. It's too soon, too soon. Then don't go. Well, I, I just, I, I often think of a land where I rule everything. And I was having this discussion the other night. I, I, I think they should just make it legal. Make, make, it, make it enforced. Fascism <laughs> and, and an authoritarian government. But not exactly fascism. Because people think that fascism involves restrictive laws. But it really involves ethnocentric thinking, which I just learned the other day. I didn't know this. I was totally misled about fascism. But if I was a fascist authoritarian, I would say, all people in Texas must go to the movies at least every three days. So you have the cops coming in and dragging them to the theater, forcing them to spend their money. Mm-hmm, that's right. And that way your money laundering business will be a success. <laughs> you know too much, Mark. You know too much. I figured it out. I'm a genius. You, you said you couldn't figure me out, but finally, how many weeks has it been? Um, not enough. Not enough. Well, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Yes, but wait, there's more. So, uh, just 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 hitting this for the last for the last uh, last thing. Like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if it. I don't know if it makes sense for anybody involved in this equation. I don't know if it's a good idea to open it. I don't know if it's a good idea to go. I don't know if it's a good idea to run it. That's where I stand on this. Those Texans are a bunch of money launderers, I tell you. <laughs> So, yeah, so if you're in the money laundering business, that's, that's, there you go. Good job, Texas, opening up movie theaters and restaurants. I'm telling you, that's what's happening. Uh, so, so that's it for the news. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any final uh, quick words of 30 seconds or less before we take our commercial break, Jennifer? As always, eat your fruits and vegetables, work out, go for walks, be kind to each other, make other people's lives better and easier. And don't add to pollution. And don't argue on the internet, because it's a great way to stay single and alone forever. And we'll never be friends if you argue on the internet. Goodbye. <laughs> so that's it for our news. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. 
Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Michael McManus. I played Kai on Lex. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As I mentioned earlier in the show, our senior correspondent may or may not have uh, his movie pick of the week, but uh, because he is our senior correspondent, it looks like it's up to me to do the movie pick of the week. So, this week... I actually saw something that I've been wanting to see for a while. Um, The sequel had popped up on Netflix, so it renewed my interest, but I couldn't find the first uh, part. Uh, The movie is called Iron Sky. So luckily, um, a friend of mine, uh, artist, writer, actually writer, writer, um, Robert Sodaro, he mentioned that there is a website that you can watch TV and movies uh, for free that you really can't find anywhere else. It's called 2BTV, T-U-B-I-TV, I think that's what it is. Um, I put a link on it on our Facebook page. And they had the first Iron Sky movie. So now I was able to see the first Iron Sky movie and the second one. Um, for those of you who do not know, Iron Sky is a movie about Nazis who escaped World War II and decided to go live on the moon. <laughs> Like, right there, it it tells you everything you need to know about this movie. Um, It is the, uh, I guess, science fiction version type of movie of um, Kung Fury. I've mentioned how much I love that movie quite often. It's a short that you guys should check out. And they're making it into a feature-length film. So it's on that level of sheer ridiculousness. Um, the characters are over the top, the acting is, is, is mind-boggling. The special effects for a movie of its kind, it works with what they have. Um, the only thing, the only complaint I would have, actually I have two complaints. Um, the first complaint would be that uh, some of the editing needs to be a little bit smoother, but the second thing that really got me, uh, living in New York, that there was a part in the movie where the characters were in quote-unquote somewhere in upstate New York, and they made it to Manhattan within an extremely ridiculous amount of time. So it goes back to what I had said um, many years ago. I was talking about the TV show Revenge on ABC, which was a pretty, pretty decent show, kind of petered off towards the end. But it was about uh, this girl who was getting revenge, therefore the name, on people who lived in the Hamptons. And they had people going from the Hamptons in Long Island, New York, to Manhattan, which on a good day is you know, a three or four hour drive in less than a half an hour. 
it's just one of those things that they call suspension of disbelief that I just cannot suspend. So beyond that, uh, the movie was over the top ridiculous. Um, there is a movie called Feast that's pretty much the same level of just nonsensical nonsenseness. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. It's pure parody, pure satire. It's hilarious. It's entertaining with interesting characters. But that was the horror genre of that type. And this, uh, The Iron Sky, I, in my opinion, was the science fiction uh, back throwback of, of, the, <laughs> of the genre. And like I said, they made a sequel. And the sequel just took it to the, to the next level, which you would think there really isn't much place to go from the first movie, uh, where it, how it ended. Because it ended on a pretty crazy uh, note. And then they made a sequel, and it went. They took it one more. It was I. I did not know where they were going, what twists and turns they had, and yet it happened. Um, once again, I, I felt the special effects in the sequel were slightly better. Like they got a couple extra bucks. Uh, the editing was much better, but the storyline was so far gone. Like, and it was a direct sequel, so you would think that. From where they wound up at the end of the second movie, when you're watching the beginning of the movie, even though you know that it's about Nazi, moon Nazis, space Nazis who want to invade the planet Earth, and even though that's your starting point, when you wind up at the end of that second movie, you cannot even guess how they got there. And it kind of made sense. And it hinted at a third one. And I did a little research on the, on the, the intertubes, as they say. And I found out that they had planned on making a third one, but I believe the company went out of business. So, uh, sadly, it will not get resolved. Much like the Feast series, they made three Feast movies, and um, they, it hinted at a fourth one. So, uh, I'll, I'll talk about Feast in depth at another time, if our senior correspondent, once again, has another senior correspondent moment. But, it, it's sad that it, it, it ended where it did. It, it was pretty uh, beginning, middle, and end. It, it, it was a full story, and it had an ambiguous open-ended ending. And if you watch it all the way to the very end of the end credits of the second film, which, like I said, is on Netflix, um, you can see where they're going with the third movie. And I can only imagine how much more awesomeness would have happened in that film. So, um, go out. Uh, like I said, you can see the first one on uh, 2B TV. T-U-B-I TV, I believe that is. And um, you can see the first Iron Sky there, or you can rent it, or I'm sure there's other places you can go, but you can see it for free. It has very limited commercials. I think maybe there was two, if that many, on, uh, on, the, on the website. And... Then, like I said, the sequel is on Netflix. You can go catch it there. And if you guys watched it or have watched it, uh, let us know what you think on our uh, page. So that is your assignment for this week. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy yourselves. As, as a senior correspondent Troy would say, Troy Saldin would say, take it easy. This is the amazing question. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, I'm Jerry Glennon. And along with Jennifer Piero, we co-founded Girlfriend Style Productions. We both studied acting at HB Studio, and Jennifer and I were both cast and starred in an off-Broadway play for a year-long run at Manhattan Repertory Theatre. 
Now in that time we found we shared the same love, drive and determination for our art. This artistic passion led us to collaborate and create our production company. We are a New York City based company and our intention is to make movies with a clear, definite message. Last year, both Jennifer and I co-wrote, produced and starred in our very first short film called Switch. Switch was shot all on location in New York City. Beautifully shot by our DP and AD, Daniel O'Donnell and Josh Robe. My character is Roxanne and Jennifer plays Dr. Owens. Switch is about two strong women who get on with their daily lives, but on this particular day, their way of life is put to the test by the flick of a switch, both figuratively and literally. We have submitted our film to various film festivals worldwide, and in early March we had our very first screening at the New York Short Film Tuesday Festival in Brooklyn, where it was well received. For more information on our company and on our projects, you can follow us on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Girlfriend Style Productions. Our website is www.girlfriendstyleproductions.com. From Girlfriend Style Productions, thank you for listening. Hi, this is Mary Wilson of the Supremes, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi. This is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing, everybody? Um, we just realized that, you know, we're probably like two or three shows in, and we haven't introduced ourselves formally yet, so <laughs> I think it would probably be a good thing to do. Um, you know, my name's Lee Kalinsky. I'm a writer, filmmaker. Um, uh, most of my stuff is on Amazon. If you take a look or if you check out 713 films on, um, Facebook, you could see a whole bunch of our cool stuff. Um, and I'm of course the father of Jaybird right here. <laughs> I'm Julia, otherwise known as Jaybird. I'm 12 years old and I'm in seventh grade. I like to play softball, listen to music, sing and hang out with my family and friends. Yeah, you know, um, one of the new songs that you did, actually, since we've been under this corona kind of quarantine thing is called, um, what was that that song called again? England Skies by Shake Shake Go. Right. I did a cover of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did an amazing cover. It's uh, a cappella. It's actually um, on YouTube and Facebook. What I could do is put the link on the next show Mm -hmm. in the comments, and you guys could take a look and, you know, maybe comment yourselves <laughs> <laughs> why why did you do it um i really like the song and i felt it was really appropriate for the time being of like what we're in what's happening right now in the world yeah it's it's you know it's sort of a somber song but it's a really good song um, yeah and it goes well with your voice right <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> i have a voice that goes more in the lower range rather than higher range so can you do a snippet for us um i don't know if my voice is ready i didn't warm up at all (laughs) oh all right all right so we'll you'll have to take a look in the comments section when we do that um we'd also like to um so now back to our show in a way where we want to talk about um since we know it's been pretty difficult out there these days uh we wanted to talk about um corona a little bit because it had taken uh julie's grandfather uh, recently 
and it's been kind of difficult and it's difficult for many people out there. We've heard a lot of different stories, but we wanted to celebrate um, her grandfather, Gary Schwartz, by talking about some of the movies that he loved because this guy was a cinephile and he enjoyed movies like Road Warrior, The Commandments, The Ten Commandments and uh, Taxi Driver. Yeah, no, he loved a lot of the underdog films, that's for sure. He always said it's not where you start, but where you end up. Exactly. And, you know, The Road Warrior, which happens to be apparently, like, it was his favorite film. I mean, he watched it all the time, along with, you know, I guess every year with The Ten Commandments. But uh, what's cool about uh, The Road Warrior, at least in my perspective, is that, you know, I had seen it, you know, when I was a kid. I didn't even know there was um, Mad Max, the first film. So this is it was it's crazy that, like, you think The Road Warrior is the first film at the age that I grew up in. But then you find out later on, years later, that it was actually like Mad Max. <laughs> and it's a little crazy. But, um, you know, that's basically you know another film that he really really loved and um we were excited to be um you know even watch it with him over the over the course of years he really liked movies where you could where the hero just struggled and overcame and just was able to succeed you know speaking of that you sort of have the ten commandments which is another movie that he liked a lot um starring charlton heston which he loved charlton heston and yul brenner and my personal favorite from uh back in the day so what do you think what do you think of the ten commandments way too long <laughs> i mean my mom always uh said that they used to play it every year for her and she had to sit through four hours of just watching the ten commandments and i don't know how anyone would be able to sit through that <laughs> yeah it seems to be one of those generational films it's still a really good movie um you have to take the time to watch it um we i mean getting through it these days we with the kids it's definitely harder <laughs> but uh it's i feel it's an important piece the graphics were still good from back in the day um the story's good the dialogue you know um it just felt like it was a play, you know, the sets were unbelievable and, you know, it's just a great film. And I think he was right. <laughs> I think he <laughs> right to like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and just also, you know, as we would talk about music and stuff, um, this guy loved, Gary loved music. He just loved it. And we would go to concerts all the time. Um, I think he influenced you even a little bit, right? With yeah. some songs. Right? Definitely like songs from No Doubt or The Beatles. He loved No Doubt, and he, one time when he went to a concert, he met Gwen Stefani. Yeah, that's right, he met Gwen Stefani, which is really funny. He was able to get backstage, and when he did um, do that, it, he actually talked to her and said, like, hey, you know, I'm Gary Schwartz, you're again Gwen Stefani, if we ever got married, we'd never have to change the uh, the initials on our um, on our towels, which kind of freaked her out a little bit, but it was kind of funny. But uh, anyway, we just wanted to really like give that tribute and shout out to him. And um, we will probably see you next time. Stay safe and healthy. See ya. Bye. Hey, this is Brimstone. And this is Kim Adragna. And this is Zambo. And we're from the Grindhouse Radio, and uh, we just won the 2017 Best Radio Station on Long Island. Right now, you're listening to the other guys. It came from the radio. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week.
you were like me, a child of the 80s and the 90s, then of course you remember that theme music. That is the theme music of Voltron, Defender of the Universe. Uh, and that is my pick of the week this week. It is Voltron, Defender of the Universe, A Legend Forged. It was put out by Devil's Due Publishing, and the writer is Josh Blaylock, pencils by Mike Baer and Julia Bax, uh, color artist Jean-Francois Bellou, West Zubo, and Digicore Studio, and Bill Crabtree. And the letterer was Crank! I say that because it's Crank with an explanation point, and, well, come on, that's just fun to say. Crank! It's a really fun book, but before I get into the book itself, let me uh, read to you what it says on the back of the book, or maybe I'll just throw it to the man, the myth, the legend, Peter Cullen, and he can read it for you. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. Now, picking up where he left off, his origins lost to the shades of time, the truth of his creation, a mystery never revealed until now, when a time machine is destroyed in a hijacking gone horribly awry, the members of the Voltron Force find themselves lost in ancient history. Coming face to face with the legends and threats of yesteryear, the Force, meaning the Voltron Force, must survive barbaric assaults and magical terror in a perilous mission to protect the birth of the robot the universe desperately needs. Should they fail, the threads of time will unravel, and the legend will never be forged. So basically speaking, it's both a time travel story and it's an origin story for Voltron. Now, I have to be really specific on this. This is Voltron, Defender of the Universe, universe to uh, double up on the word, um, meaning it's the 80s cartoon. So if you watched any of the other cartoons that came out, it really doesn't quite jive. Now, I loved the Netflix series uh, Voltron Legendary Defender. And in fact, you've heard myself and Mark talk about that show a couple of times on this show. But it is not the same deal, okay? So if you don't know Voltron, the, t- the 80s cartoon show, and you're going off of Voltron, the Netflix show, this won't quite jive with you. It'll be like, I, I know these characters, but it's not the same thing. Where's Shiro? Where's this? Why are they the drool and not the Golra? And so on and so forth. So that being said, I want to also say, like, if the, the book itself is kid-friendly, ideally about, like, a 12-year-old and older-friendly, uh, in my opinion, but it's not really kid-friendly, and that unless your kid has watched those older 80s cartoons... Okay, so it's really kind of meant for the fan that grew up with the show and watched the show and loved the show and the kid that's still inside that adult now. Okay, it's a you know, there's some things in here for like a little bit of adult humor, it's nothing racy or anything like that. Um, but just some things that, as being a 37 year old thinking back to Voltron and liking Voltron, I like the book. Right. So like your your 10, 12, 15 year old who doesn't have that nostalgic history with the show, it may not hit with them. Okay, but if you love the show, it'll definitely hit with you. It's really well drawn. I I enjoy it. Uh, It jumps a little bit around in story time. It could be a little bit more um, have a little more continuity. But ultimately, the art is good. The story's not 
not bad at all and it really made me feel nostalgic for my childhood a bit which in these sort of stressful uncertain times is really was very nice right so like just to think back of being a kid and watching Voltron it was a lot of fun and it just took me out of my head and out of how I am feeling currently with this pandemic um, it's an as an origin story goes. It's interesting. It's uh, not bad, not bad at all. I will say the Netflix origins of Voltron were a little better written, but these aren't bad. Uh, you can they answer why the colors are the colors. You know, uh, red and blue and black and green and and yellow. Uh, they kind of give a sense of where the design for Voltron came from. Um, they give backstory on Planet Doom and what the real name of it is and why it looks the way it looks. And they give you more history of the Drool Empire. I can't help when, when I was reading this to hear the voices of the actors in my head as I listened, as I read all the dialogue. So I was listening to how Keith would sound and Lotor would sound and that also heightens the book for me there's also references in here to the vehicle force voltron which personally i was thought was you know b c string at best but listen it's all about lion voltron and that's the deal okay but if you grew up loving saturday morning cartoons and that anime style and you love voltron um you'll get a kick out of the book you'll definitely get a kick out of the book it's a lot of fun Okay, if you are interested in getting the book, you, of course, can always go to Amazon. Um, It's available for both print and digital. Actually, no, I correct myself. It's available only for paperback for about fifteen dollars. So you can get it shipped to you again. Don't know what the shipping is. Never do. Uh, You can also get it at uh grahamcrackers.com i'm not making this up it's available there uh you can get the individual floppies which are like 350 a piece if you want to get that recalledcomics.com those are all it's also available there comicburst.com you can get it there and leagueofcomicgeeks.com you can get it there it seems to only be available in print from what i can see not really available um, in digital, unless I'm not paying attention close enough. Uh, you can also get it at mycomicshop.com. So you can really just Google it, like you can Google it came from the radio. You can Google Voltron Legend Forged and just see multiple buying options, which you know will work for whatever you need. Okay, so that is the pick of the week, Voltron Legend Forged. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Activate interlock! Dino worms connected! Infracells up! Mega thrusters are go! Let's go! So be safe and be healthy. Take care.
this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you missed any part of this show, Stop. go to our website, com. Listen to the archives. We'll be up any week or so. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, check us out on Beyond the Dawn Studios. And we will see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.